we are back. It is that time of the week again, guys. Disproportionate podcast. We are back with episode, is it? Is it four or five of season two? That doesn't particularly matter because, as you know, they all end up with titles. So, you know, we don't really use the numerical system here at Disproportionate Podcast. In terms of why, I can't remember whether it's episode four or five. Well, I'll let you know about that in a second. But uh, shall we do the content section? What will we be discussing in this week's show? In no particular order, because I'm not having you fast forwarding to, to whichever bit your particular pervy interest is in, as I've discussed before. It's all top quality content, you'll listen to it all. There'll be no fast forwarding. There is no good bit to get to in a hurry, it's all the good bit. Not a box of quality street or roses where you pick your few favourite ones. No, you will enjoy the entire box, alright? So yeah, the content section. <laughs> the content section uh, this week we will be talking about Bounty Gate. We'll be talking friendly dogs. We'll be talking fireworks. We will be talking about baking. We'll be talking the hazards of being a germaphobe. On top of all of that, we have a special guest dropping in to give us his moments of petty rage, the small things that annoy him disproportionately all the way, well, from down under, from the other side of the world. Amazing. Technology, isn't it cracking? We'll also have Botty, which is best of the internet, the best Petty Rage is discovered on the internet and also, of course, this week's big question to answer. All of that and much more. Stick with us. With all that said, shall we get started? I think we should. Oh, wait, wait. I'm, 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 I'm sprouting ahead there, aren't I? Uh, I? I did say that I was going to tell you whether I couldn't quite remember in this, in this moment whether it was episode four or five. The reason for that... And also the reason for if you think, oh, Mike sounds a bit off this week. What's going on? I'll tell you what went on, guys. This is the uh, this is the narcotics episode. So the other day, the day before my birthday, in fact, I uh, played football as I always do on a Wednesday night, and I did my in badly. And as a result, I am on a maximum strength drugs that it's possible to get without seeing a doctor. So if I sound a bit hairy, a bit fairy, and like, I'm, you know, losing track of my thoughts a little bit, well, you know why now? It's the barbiturates episode. Not the barbiturates, what am I on about? It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the narcotics episode. Right, now should we get started? I think we should. Right, guys, we need to talk, first of all, about baking, okay? Uh, now, baking, baked goods, lovely, aren't they? Delicious. Ooh, pastry based. Do you like a bit of pastry? I like a bit of pastry. It's not bad at all, is it? There's a reason that bakers prosper. All the positively prosper here in Great Britain. Uh, and that's because the great British public love baked goods. I like them too. Here's the thing, my wife... Uh, She's into baking a little bit too much. Have you ever come across someone who just insists on baking? I'm not talking once a week. Oh, no. Oh, no, that'd be fine once a week. I'm talking about three times a week, maybe four times a week. And the problems with this, uh, well, maybe threefold, shall we say. Firstly, it means that every every husband, every boyfriend, every fiancé in the land and in fact across the world knows this particular problem which is that I'll be going out, I'll be getting the shopping I'll be most of the way back from getting the shopping after a long slog 
getting all the things that we need. Maybe as, as I'm about a few seconds away from our front door, I'll get a text saying, oh, please pick up flour, please pick up chocolate chips, please pick up baking soda. And that is beyond irritating. But that, that's, a, that's a minor issue in this uh, baking that we're discussing. My major issues with it are twofold. Firstly, I am doing my very best to have a, a healthy, well, maybe not even balanced, a very healthy diet, okay? I'm shedding those pounds. I'm uh, in all right shape at the moment. I'm trying to get into magnificent shape. And the start of that getting into shape has been heralded at exactly the same moment with my wife getting ridiculously into baking. It's her key pastime. Which means that when I wake up and think, right, I've got to get ready for my run. I've got to work out. I'm going to prep me salad later on, all that kind of stuff. And I'm doing my best to stay on track. Every single time I go through the kitchen, there's like a stack of 12 flipping banana cupcakes sat there. There's an, an artisanal loaf of bread sat there. There's a full flipping Black Forest Gatto just sat casually in the kitchen. Like there's nothing going down, like I'm not trying to get myself into the peak of fitness for a man of my age. And it's absolutely shocking the level of disregard for my struggle to stay in shape from the wife constantly baking is absolutely shocking and I'm not having it. So yeah, that bothers me disproportionately. Oh, I, don't, I don't know, is it even disproportionate or is it perfectly in proportion? You can decide about that, but the main issue that has been annoying me this week, uh, I, as it has many weeks in the past, is the fact that I uh, tend to clean the kitchen a fair bit. I keep the kitchen in good repair. I go in there, you know, I wash all the pots, I clean down all the surfaces. And it always seems to me that the very instant that I've finished on a full kitchen cleaning, full kitchen bottoming, you know, wiping down all the surfaces, oh yeah, I've busted out all the antibacterial sprays. The second I've finished is the exact second my wife decides it is now time to go in there and start baking and chuck flour literally all over the shop. Sully my cleaning attempts to make a mess of all the bowls and baking implements that I've just cleaned from the previous day's baking. In my cleaning efforts as naught, like they didn't even happen. Have you ever tried to get the 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 remnants of dough from in between the the the, the bits on a whisk twice in one day? Have you ever done that? Have you ever had to do that? Oh, it's irritating. Oh, it's irritating. And you know what she does as well, despite my constant protests about it, not only does she sully the kitchen as soon as I've cleaned it, but also, right, check this out, guys. Probably once a week we'll have a discussion about the fact that I can't stand it when pots, dishes, specifically the stuff she's used to bake that's covered in dough, maybe there's a few remnants of chocolate chips left in the bowl, Every week at some point, I'll say, please don't stack them in the sink and put water and, you know, fairy liquid in them and then just leave them sat there. Every single week, two or three times, I'm faced with that exact proposition. And it's horrendous, guys. I'm calling for an end to the three or four day baking week. I'm calling for a one day baking week and for no baking to take place for at least three to four hours after I finished cleaning the kitchen. I don't think that's too much to ask. Do you? Do you? No, I don't. 
I think you're on my side. I think you're on my side. I'm hearing a silence. I'm going to take that as a, a, a positive and that you're on my side and that you hear my pain, okay? And, and you know, I feel better. I feel better about it now. Thanks. Right, so uh, I've got Maria here with me uh, because I'd love to get her take on something. Something's been really bothering me the last couple of days is I've got a got a real kind of, without wanting to be gross, gooey throat, okay? It just feels like there's something hanging there. It's, it's kind of dripping a bit. I can just feel like there's gunk and snot and nastiness all up in my throat, okay? Yeah, I know. Uh, it doesn't feel good when I swallow, it doesn't feel good when it just feels awful generally. Uh, and I was, that, that's always something that bothers me, but I was comfortable enough with it uh, until a little earlier on this morning when I put two and two together and realised the fate that had probably befallen me. And that is that the other day, right, <laughs> I, was, I was walking, uh, I, I was on a mooch, I was next to the park near us, and I had my phone in my hand, my new phone, not the one that I smashed the screen of, obliterated it on exactly the same road I'm discussing uh, last week. My new phone, okay? Now, I was looking at my phone a bit too much. I almost tripped. I kind of, you know, was a, a little bit unsteady for a split second. So, remembering what happened last week, I grabbed onto my phone as tightly as was humanly possible to make sure I didn't drop that again. But I did drop my energy drink, okay? Uh, and it fell kind of right on the edge of the pavement and then rolled off onto a, a little margin between the end of the curb and the road. And that margin, guys, was filled with wet leaves, just literally piles <laughs> upon piles of wet leaves. Now, my worst nightmare, my worst nightmare, the mouth bit. That's what I'm going to call it, the mouth bit was touching the leaves like it was directly on it. Now, those of you who don't know me, uh, I, I am a big germaphobe, and I can convince myself that all kinds of stuff is going on. But only as it relates to germs. I could have me almost tack my hand off in the kitchen. I wouldn't be that worried. But if I saw a fly one second, felt a tickle in my ear, and two days later I suddenly had what felt like an ear infection, I would persuade myself that there were just flies breeding in my in my ear alleyway, in my ear ginnel, let's say. Uh, and so obviously what I'm thinking is, oh my goodness, I've drunken... Drunken? I've drunken? I've drunken. I've drunk... What's the word? I've, drank. I've drunk. None of them sounded normal in my head anymore. <laughs> I've drunk from the energy drink, okay, uh, a couple of days ago. I gave it a quick wipe off with my top. I wasn't really happy with it, then clean forgot about it until... This morning I thought, oh, that's that's a couple of days now that my throat's felt rough. Great, I've got I've got maggots from the leaves. I've got microscopic biomes of the bad kind, whatever that means, uh, breeding in my throat. You know, maybe germs from a deceased and disintegrating hedgehog were underneath those leaves. I don't know. I've just I've convinced myself. Yeah, hedgehog tick, and, uh, and they're all breeding. You know, it, it's, it's all pus, and they're all bleeding. Um, and uh, basically, I'm wanting to know from you, Maz, uh, kind of percentage likelihood that the inhabit the the 
that kind of bugs and things that would do me a great deal of damage have taken up occupancy of my throat and just other parts of my body and are in this moment kind of breeding to try and make a an environment for themselves in the shape of my body and then at some point they're <laughs> going to just crawl out my mouth fully formed as me but just like a slightly smaller version made of bugs do you know i don't i don't even know where to start with that question <laughs> i mean not a doctor but it's just oh great also it's, it's possible then <sighs> i just uh, I, uh, I'm speechless because this is not the kind of like this is a daily almost thing that happens. Do you daily. have any idea what it's like to live with someone that is so like just ready to convince themselves that they've caught the plague? Um, do you know how many times Mike thought he had COVID before he actually got COVID, <laughs> even though he took tests and they came back negative? Like Mike could literally go outside with a can of drink. And if it starts raining, yeah, he will be, let's say a bit of rainwater falls into his can of drink. He will come home and the next day, like he might sneeze or just cough briefly. And he'll look at me and be like, Maz, is it because the rainwater fell into my drink? Uh, now, Did something now, get in my drink? That's an extreme example. Uh-uh. I definitely wouldn't do it if rainwater fell in my drink. But <laughs> if there is something that actual germs could be on and then they've made contact with me lips and been ingested, yeah, I might think, oh, well, I seem to pick up germs. Germs are the one ailment that seem to kind of get to me easily, if that makes sense. No, but they don't. I can, I can have cuts, bruises, whatever all over me. I have no idea where they've come from and I won't be bothered by them either. But if my throat's gooey, if my nose is bad, I think, well, I haven't been in close enough contact with anyone that isn't you, Zaz, or the members of the family, and none of them have got colds. So it must be that, I don't know, uh, I left me food out on the worktop too long uh, and the cat, like, sneezed on it or whatever. <laughs> or perhaps, you know, a little bit of dust mm. just got up your nostril, not parasitic dust just oh, normal that, dust this is what i mean yeah. this, is, this, is, this is the dust. minefield we're in what it's, kind of dust it's... where did the dust come from well like what what's its point of origin oh where, goodness me what did the dust come off to, to arrive in me. your dinner you know and the thing is is if i don't somehow explain it in that moment i get looked at like you're letting me down maz like you let me down why didn't you have the answer or the right answer i don't know what the right answer is it's crazy but i can tell you mike that rain let, 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 let me just say <laughs> maz right has this thing oh. where she feels like because she doesn't have a medical certificate like uh what's the word a medical Doctor. degree <laughs> she doesn't have a medical degree she can't possibly give her take on anything that is medical based if you've got anything wrong with you medically and maz doesn't know for a fact with like a you know some kind of testing procedure to give an indication of exactly what's going down she can't possibly give her take it so if i'm asking like when I drank that water that was upstairs, and, and I'm not sure if it was from like today or yesterday, uh, could could Am I could, we die? Have, could we have stuff have got into it? Is that caused my way through? She she can't possibly just say nah, nah, of course not. I'm not one for speculation, and I'm also not one for responding to foolishness. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like it's not gonna hurt you, darling. It's not. 
it's a drink it's just it's like it's all good so in answer to your question i don't think that your can fell on a decomposing hedgehog on, on the, but like the 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 open bit the mouth bit mm. fell on the leaves it, it did it was making yes. direct contact it with did the fall on the leaves but do you know what you've made it this far through life mm. i think your immune system can handle it yeah i'm not sure it can but thanks okay Guys, what, what? Just be careful out there, okay? There are, <laughs> there are wet leaves everywhere. My advice to you would be, if you spill an open drink or drop an open drink on the floor, it's hit the soggy leaves. Just, just leave it. It's not worth it for this throat that I've got right now. It's not worth it. Just go get a different drink. It's only a pound. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself. Right, guys, coming up next, we have, uh, well, we have communication from the outside world. Not just the outside world, but the other side of the world. Coming from down under, this is Pete Alvin with the particular things that are griping him at the moment. Pete's got a cracking blog, amongst other things, and you can catch it at PeteAldin.com. That's P-E-T-E-A-L-D-I-N.com. I recommend you go check it out, but let's find out what's been bothering Pete disproportionately. Yeah, Pete again. I love the show, mate. Um, I hate working, though, and I hate the workplace. The, the one thing that really, really, really gets up my nose is the, the red tape, the bureaucracy we've all got to go through just to do a simple job. We've got to jump through all these hoops. We've got to fill in paperwork in triplicate, tick a whole bunch of boxes. I, this is an absolutely true story. I once worked, I had two part-time jobs. One was with a local council. They employed me 12 hours a week. It took me three of those hours every week to account for the work that I did in the other nine hours. It was a stipulation of the job. You had to fill this in and account for every second that you had spent working that you were getting paid for. Three hours out of the 12 spent just accounting for it. Absolutely ridiculous. Let's make the world a simpler place. Mike, I would just like to talk about workplace speak. My God, it gets my goat. Just phrases like moving forward. Moving forward. God, that's so annoying. It's pretentious. It's uh, lazy. It's vague. People using it, they basically can't be bothered thinking of the actual specific English words for whatever it is they mean when they say it. In fact, I worked at a, a workplace a few years back where we had a game called Bullcrap Bingo, and everyone would get a sheet of buzzwords or buzz phrases like that one, which I don't want to say again, like put a pin in that, like pivot. God, I hate that word pivot. Like there's no I in team. Uh, the word journey is another one. I just hate that stuff. Hate that stuff. But it was a great game because someone would always win in every meeting that we went to. Okay, guys, we need to talk about Bounty Gate. Okay, are you aware of Bounty Gate? Have you heard about this? Well, let me tell you. Uh, there's a box of chocolates. Okay, a selection box, if you will, with fun size versions of uh, chocolate bars, Mars bars, Twix, Snicker, the lot. And part of that, traditionally, right up until this point, in fact, the bounty has also been included. But the company that manufactures celebrations have announced that initially, apparently, for a one-year period, they are getting rid of the bounty. Firstly, that's scandalous. The bounty is your palate cleanser, okay? It's, a, it's your fruity sorbet. 
in between heavy-duty courses. You can't just be the kind of animal that downs a, a Snicker, a Mars bar, a Twix, all of that kind of stuff with no break in between, nothing to cleanse your palate. That's the bounty's job. Let it do its job. Let that coconutty goodness kind of clean your mouth of all the clutter, all the chocolatiness, all of that caramel, all of that nugget. Personally, I love the bounty, okay? It's, it's one of the highlights of the box for me, one of the highlights. But what do I know? Because you know what? Dude, what infuriates me the most is the reasons they are getting rid of the bounty, okay? Let me spell out these two reasons. You see if they make sense to you. They make no sense to me whatsoever. Firstly, reason number one, they held a poll and apparently 36% of people don't like the bounty, would rather it wasn't in there. In what way, in a, what kind of business decision is it to get rid of something that 63% of the buying public actually likes? Whoa, let me think. When else have we done something based on the fact that 50% of people, or in this case a lot less than 50%, don't like it, and we've made decision based on that. Oh, I remember Brexit. That's right. 51% of people did want it. 49% didn't. A 1% difference, but still, we had riots. Oh, we had fights. Family members fell out with each other. Yeah, granted, that was over a slightly bigger issue, but I can't say for sure that that won't happen over the bounty and its lack of inclusion in a box of celebrations. When do you decide something based on like a third of people not liking it? All right, we'll take it out then. And the second reason is this. Apparently the main reason they are getting shot is because young people don't like it. Now young people are entitled to their opinion, but by, bear in mind when they talk about young people, they're talking largely about teenagers by what I read. Here's the thing. Teenagers don't buy boxes of celebrations that is bought primarily, or I want to say entirely, by grandma, by granddad, or by the parents of a family, for the kids and for everyone else to enjoy as a family, maybe over Christmas, maybe you bought them for your nephew because he's passed his exams, something like that. But teenagers aren't going out there buying boxes of chocolates to be eaten by the entire family over the Christmas period. That's not happening. That's not happening. So based on a third of people, the opinions of people who don't buy your product, you are taking out something that the majority of people and the people who do buy your product would like to keep in there. In what other context would you do that? It makes no sense whatsoever in terms of the age thing. What next? Do young people get a vote on how stair lifts work? Do young people get to veto Werther's Originals? It's not intended for them. Why are they... I don't understand why they're getting the same what gets taken in or left out when they don't buy it. Managing to muster up quite a lot of fake rage here, aren't I? But listen, I am deadly serious about keeping the bounty in the box. I'm going to start a campaign. Who's with me? Who's with me? I insist that the bounty, the palate cleanser that it is, stays in the box and all that coconutty goodness remains as a, as a well-needed break from all the chocolatiness at both ends. I'm deadly serious. Keep your eyes open across social media, okay? A, a very well-run and very sturdy campaign to keep the bounty is going to be run by yours truly. And I'd love it if you could all get on board.
This week's episode of Disproportionate Podcast is brought to you by First World Problems by Mike Shotton. It's available right now. Oh, it's a lovely little book. What does it cover? Well, it covers all the small things in life that annoy us, or me more specifically, disproportionately. Oh, there'll be little exercises, there'll be doodles, there'll be problem solving around those particular issues. It's a great little book. Priced at around £5. Oh, what a great gift for Christmas for a loved one. What a great little read and exercise for yourself. Available right now on Amazon. First World Problems by Mike Shotton. Check it out. So, this week... Earlier this week, I got a, a phone call from Maria, from my wife, uh, and she was a bit shaken up. And the reason for being shaken up is that a few moments earlier, while she was on a walk to go pick up our daughter from school, uh, she heard shouting, okay? And uh, now, it, it, the kind of shouting it was, was someone shouting uh, their dog back. Now, I don't know what the name of the dog was. Let's say it was Rex. So he's got Rex, 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 come back, you know, sounding a bit frantic. Uh, this this shook her up, okay? So she's looking around thinking, where's that coming from? And all of a sudden, she sees a gigantic pit bull sprinting towards her, about to come across the road to engage with her, okay? So, as you might expect, she's a bit frightened by this, bit shaken up. Now, luckily, eventually... The dog is distracted, a car gets in the way between her and the dog, and the owner is successful, eventually, in calling him back to heel. So he goes back to the owner, well, I say he, like I say, I don't know the gender of the dog, okay? I'm not getting cancelled for misgendering a dog, I'm not taking a guess at the gender. But let's say it's Rex, so he goes back to the owner, now, on this occasion, it, you know, it's a, a scary experience for about five seconds, but that can shake you up, it's a ruddy pit bull, okay? A pit bull off the lead, you may as well be walking around with a machete and no control over your own arms. Okay, that's how I see it. That's how dangerous they are. In this instance, it's a little bit rude because despite seeing what could have happened, what almost happened, the owner calls the dog back and then walks off. Doesn't say anything, doesn't say sorry, but I'm going to congratulate him because he didn't say the horrendous trope, the disproportionately annoying, or don't worry, he or she is friendly. Firstly, the amount of times that's happened that I've seen a dog, usually a dangerous dog, let's be honest, usually a pit bull, sprinting towards me with no idea of its intentions, not knowing whether I should run, whether I should volley said dog to save my own limbs, or whether it's safe to pet. I mean, I wouldn't be petting it. I'm not that much of a dog person. And having that, like, 30 seconds of absolute panic, not knowing whether a confrontation's about to take place, that blood will be spilled in, only to be met afterwards by the owner once I've eventually reached you, not even really apologising, but just kind of chuckling and being like, oh, he's friendly, don't worry, she's friendly. You have no idea the intentions of that dog. And do you know why that is? Because it's a ruddy wolf. It's a wolf that we've tamed and altered the biology of slightly, so that it is prepared to eat pedigree chum and sleep on its own little fluffy bed and wear a collar. But dogs generally are bred down from ruddy wolves. And pit bulls in particular have been bred to have more aggression than wolves. So don't be telling me that he or she is friendly. You don't know. It's not a five-year-old child. Firstly, it can do a lot more damage. But secondly, 
You, you can't ask it how it feels about the postman. You can't ask it if it's a racist dog, which could have been a concern in this particular instance we're describing. So what I'm saying is, stop making complete strangers make 30 second decisions on the intentions and the personality of your dog. Your dog's personality is of no concern to me. Keep it on a ruddy lead, especially if it's a pit bull <laughs> in a public place. The thing that particularly disproportionately, you might say, annoys me about the whole he or she is friendly. How many times on the news, once a, a poor kid, a toddler or a fully grown adult has had its flipping face or limbs mauled off by, as I say, let's be honest, usually a pit bull. Have you seen them on the news saying, oh, he'd always been friendly, he'd always been great with kids up until that point? Yeah, it's a ruddy Poundland wolf. That's why. Not a hamster. It's a wild animal with gigantic teeth and a fair amount of ferociousness. The world is full of people who thought their dogs were friendly and great with kids until it was very much proven otherwise. <laughs> with terrible consequences. Don't make people guess the personality of your dog, firstly, but secondly, I never again want to hear. I'm calling for an end to the term, don't worry, he, she, or friendly. For my concern, keep it on a lead. Guys, we need to talk about, well, roughly hair, okay? <laughs> I've noticed something over the last few months, and uh, it's it's desperately, desperately sad for me, okay? And uh, let me tell you what it is. Uh, for a fair while, okay, right at the front of my head, the hair's been, you know, it's, it's been thin in a fair amount, let's say, due largely, well, partly to my age, but largely to wild, ridiculous hairstyles that I deeply regret now that I took on day-to-day -day in the late 90s, in the early 2000s, okay? Right down the centre of the front of my head, there's pretty much a line in which hair will not grow. Oh, yeah, I've got a bit of a widow's peak, okay? The sides of my hair go back quite far, but that's been the case for many, many, many years. And I've noticed a distinct difference lately, okay? I shaved my head, have done for years, uh, partly because I can't be bothered with doing my hair all the time, but largely to do with that line at the front. I can't, I can't be doing with a fellow who looks like he's trying to perfect the comb over, okay? I'm not a 1960s England football player. There will be no comb overs going on. Now, in the last few months, I think I've seen a decided shift in how I'm perceived, and it is bothering me greatly, okay? I didn't like the initial iteration, which was, I shave my head, I generally shave it to the bone, as they say, open blade, okay? Because not only do I not want a comb over, I also don't want the visibility of the lack of hair, even in the form of slightly longer stubble, let's say. <laughs> Now, what's always happened, and certainly what used to happen, is that people would walk past me, and some people would give me a bit of a wide berth, because, you know, I'm a white dude with a shaved head, uh, and maybe I'd be perceived as a threat in some kind of way if you don't know me. I didn't love that, okay? I don't want to be perceived in that way. That is certainly not me. I'm not, like, a skinhead skinhead. I just happen to have a shaved head. Now, in the last few months, what's happened is, I guess, visibly, a bit more hair is gone <laughs> and uh, I've started to get nods from bald men. Are you aware of this? 
Are you aware that this happens? Okay. It's like the joggers nod, which we've talked about in, pre in a previous episode, which is that people who are tenacious joggers, you know, they've got all the gear on, they're putting their heart and soul into a run, are respected. The joggers respect each other and give each other the nod as they pass each other. We know what each other are about. We sympathise with the struggle of forcing yourself out of the door every day, every other day to run. We have something defining in common, okay? Because running is very much a way of life and very much something that is shared between people who are into it. Oh, here's the thing. Other groups nod at each other when they acknowledge that they have the same experience. Bald men are starting to give me the bald man nod. They are recognising me as one of them. And I'm not having it. I am not one of you yet. If you're listening, bald men, if you see me on the street, do not dare give me a nod. I'm a man who's got a little less than he'd like right at the front of his hair. I am not a bald man. I'm not Telly Savalas. I'm not Kojak. I'm not Ruddy Lex Luthor, okay? I'm none of the above. I'm a man who chooses to shave his head because he's got a little less than he'd like at the front. But a bald man, I am ruddy not. Stop nodding at me like I'm a part of your secret club that I didn't sign up for, okay? This has been foisted upon me. We are not members of a club and I resent your nod. Pack it in. Okay guys, it's time for Botty, best of the internet. Every week on Disproportionate Podcast, we scour, we trawl the internet to find simply the greatest instances of small things annoying people disproportionately. Petty rages, you might say. Uh, and well, this week, we've come up trumps yet again. Let's go through the best the internet could offer in terms of people being annoyed by very small things. Kay says, my partner's insistence on using two tea bags for one cup of tea. His extravagance knows no bounds. Jason says, people who go to KFC and order beans or coleslaw. If you don't have gravy, you should be locked up and made to listen to Ed Sheeran until you see sense. I agree with that one fully, Jason. John says, when the dishwasher repairman turns up a week after you've booked him, only to repair, only to say he's got to order the parts. This is after telling the repair company what was wrong with said dishwasher and the parts that would be needed. And then he's used an expletive that I can't drop on the podcast. Next, what I can relate to all too well lately. This one comes in from Rachel. The excitement of getting a new phone fading rapidly when you begin to install all the apps and spend three days changing passwords because you've forgotten them all. Literally did that last week. Sai comes in with, I've just dropped in our car for a service. What are the odds, like every time, that someone in the workshop changes the radio station while fixing it and doesn't change it back to how they found it before I pick it up? I cannot pick up my radio stations without a 30-minute attempt. Mark comes in with pensioners who drive massive cars and can't see over the dashboard and drive at 28 miles per hour in a 50. God bless you and you're right to drive but please downsize and maybe get something you can actually see out of Kenny comes in with when you get to the office to find someone is sitting in your spot in brackets unofficial spot I hate hot desking 
The petty rage inside me burns deep this morning. I'm a creature of habit and I think hot desking is absolutely awful. Every time he walks past me with his smug face, I just imagine smashing him in the nuts with a fire extinguisher. Other than today, he's a genuinely nice guy, but today I hope he gets the shizzes on the way home on a packed tube. This is what we're looking for, this one from Sue here. My coffee drinking boyfriend putting the spoon dripping with coffee in the sugar bowl so that my cups of tea taste mildly of coffee, which I detest. Or oh, this is a popular gripe. A different Sue comes in with I'm raging. First day of a week off and I've woken up with some strange mystery virus. I've got a headache, bright lights and loud noises are making it worse and I've got a mouth drier than a Brillo pad. I can't understand it. There I was last night, sinking half a bottle of gin, and now I'm unlucky enough to wake up with this. I think we know what caused that mystery virus, Sue. John comes in from all these lasses who post their Weight Watchers progress reports every week. Nobody cares that you lost a pound in the last seven days. Margaret. And finally for this week from Ken. I'm on a train and really need a wee. I thought it's okay, I'll wait until after the next stop in brackets Coventry, but then 11 million people got on the train so I'm stuck being all British and holding it in with a desperate look on my face. I lied you know, there is one more <laughs> because it's just tickled my fancy. Okay this one comes in from Stevie, people who in 2022 think it's socially acceptable to go into a supermarket and stand there sniffing cheese, I'm sick and tired of, of it whenever I spot one. The first thing I do is look at their trousers. This won't surprise anyone, but every time it's denim slacks. I generally tuck and say, go home if you want to sniff cheese in denims. Society has no place for your sort. Go on, shoe be gone. Right, that's the end of Botty for this week. We'll have more Botty, best of the internet's gripes next week. Okay, it's time for the big question. Every week on Disproportionate Podcast, we ask one massive question across all social meds, and we wait seven days, and we collect your replies, and then we read them out, and that's what we're going to do right now. So this week, the big question that I asked was, what is the most despicable breakfast cereal known to man? And uh, let's hear some of your replies, shall we? Okay, so John comes in with, I would have said, porridge... Not really a cereal though, is it? Uh, and James in reply to that, which I thought was quite funny, said, uh, but if you add enough golden syrup to porridge, it's basically flapjack. That is true. I've also just made me crave flapjack, so thanks, James. Tracy says, shreddies. Uh, Maria says, lucky charms. Uh, Jen says, special K. We've got a lot of votes for all brand. Natasha says cornflakes, they're only useful for chocolate crispy cakes. I, I think I agree with that, to be fair. Ooh, chocolate crispy cakes. I haven't had one of them for a long time. Could do it with them. You remember when you used to make them for Easter? You'd have the chocolate crispy cakes, or the ones that were made, again, out of shredded wheat. And you'd put the mini eggs in the middle, like a little nest. Ooh, what beautiful. Louisa says sugar puffs, they do make your wee smell good though. That's true, that's true. If you ever want to get rid of that, uh, you know, that wee smell, maybe that asparagus tingy smell that comes out occasionally. What? I'll tell you what, half a bowl of sugar puffs. Your wee will be smelling like honey for a month. 
Got a lot more all bran, a lot more shredded wheat suggestions. They seem to be the strongest in this particular category. Joel says, Weetabix, why eat loft insulation when you can chew on reconstituted MDF? Adele says, all bran again. Uh, Daniel comes back with, yeah, but there's as much fibre in a bowl of all bran as there is in your toilet after eating a bowl of all bran. <laughs> it's definitely a loosener, isn't it? Let's say that. Elizabeth... Uh, well, I think it's from the US says grape nuts spoiler it doesn't contain grapes or nuts <laughs> that's false advertising that belongs on last week's episode Christian again with all brand says some vindictive sicko took a large fibrous turd and subjected it to a perverse kind of sunbaked card making process then made matchsticks of the dried flattened mass and had the temerity to add salt to these rock-hard, sharpened cardboard turb splinters and box them up for sale, all with the dark aim of doing you at both ends, a mouth cut to ribbons and a blowhole like a semi-automatic blunderbuss, <laughs> belted out all kinds of oil that was used to repel attackers at the siege of a crusader's castle, all filth you have been warned. A strong stance on all brand there. Sheila says, all breakfast cereal is despicable and pointless. Anything that tastes reasonable is basically on par with just eating a jar of sugar and the rest doesn't taste good enough. And finally, Ray says, shredded wheat. It started out as horse food and that's how it should have remained. <laughs> but yeah, counting up across your suggestions, definitely the most despicable cereals appear to be all bran and shredded wheat but i'd say all bran pretty much edges it so yeah all bran is allegedly the most despicable breakfast cereal known to man more big questions next week keep your eyes open across social meds guys if you are looking to get in touch with the podcast don't forget the key ways to do that disproportionate podcast on instagram disproportionate pod at gmail.com if you want to send an email with some big despicable thing you want to discuss or if you want to feature on the podcast like peter has this week uh definitely the way to do that is wherever you're listening currently on whatever platform there will be a link that says leave a voice message simply do that and hear your dulcet tones beam to the disproportionate listening podcast public next week the week after whenever Right, and that brings an end to this week's Disproportionate Podcast. Don't forget, if you want to be in touch, the ways to do that Disproportionate Podcast uh, on Instagram, disproportionatepod at gmail.com if you want to send a good old-fashioned email or if you want to feature with your own dulcet tones on the podcast with a specific gripe you want to discuss, whichever platform you're currently listening on, there will be a link that says leave a voice message. Simply leave it and hear it played out to the listening public over the next few weeks. Okay, see you next week. Ta-ta.